Hey, good morning, Refuge Church. I'm so excited about what God wants to do and what God wants to say on today, even in the midst of all of the turmoil that's been going on in our country. How many of you know that Jesus Christ and what He has planned through His church will never, will never be squandered, will never be stopped, will never be hampered. And I'm so excited because at today's worship experience, while everybody's in turmoil about who's got power, who doesn't, um, God has worked it out where my good buddy, Dr. Charlie Salmon, uh, is going to be our guest preacher on today. And so you need to get ready. If you've never seen a white man flat out preach, you're about to see him do that today. And so in the midst of all of that, I want you to get your mind and your heart ready. And let's receive what God wants to pour out into our worship experience on today. Welcome to the Refuge Church. Let's pray. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Lord, right now we come before you as humble as we know how, Lord, we're asking you to um, be with us in our service today. Bless each person that tunes in to hear the word of God from the man of God. Continue to protect us even during this time. Lord, reach down and touch somebody, Lord, somebody's heart, somebody's life, and change them in the name of you. Let them experience a transformation after this day, after this service, God, in the mighty name of Jesus. And we will forever give your name the praise and the glory and the honor because you are worthy to be praised. You are worthy to be honored. And we bless your name. Thank God. Amen. God bless each and every one of you. This is one of my favorite parts of the service because this is where we get to make a faith declaration. This is where we get to tell the world who we are and what we believe in as a body of believers. So welcome to the Refuge Church. We are a safe place where each person can grow one step closer to Jesus Christ each and every day. We are biblical, balanced, and beneficial in everything that we do. We are Christ-centered, Bible-based, spirit-filled, and kingdom-oriented, and we are built for this. God bless you. Good morning, good morning, good morning. You know what time it is. It's time to pass the peace. If you're new to our ministry, this is where we virtually show the love of Christ to our partners, families, and friends. So please, like us on Facebook or subscribe to our YouTube channel. And as always, we would love for you to leave a comment in the comment section below. All right, saints, you know how we do it. Either take a selfie of you or your family, or you can send a text message to any other partner, family, friend, or any of our guests. All right. Let's pass the peace.
Good morning, Refuge Church. Man, it's so great to be a part of your gathering this weekend. And it's such a privilege to be able to share with you in such a wild time of our world. And I wanna especially thank you for allowing your pastor to share with us. Our church needs to hear from you and receive what God has poured into him so that we can grow and recognize there's something bigger in this world than what we're currently facing in our world. And it's a tenuous time, man. I've, I've read a, a couple of books on racism here recently. One of them is called White Fragility. And uh, it was written by a liberal professor, uh, kind of a tough, tough read. And I did a, recently did an interview with a black member of our church. And that, uh, it, was, it was wild because that interview has gone crazy on Facebook. Now, crazy for me, 
right? If we do a, if we do a message on a weekend, if we get a hundred people that says it hits, we go, Hey, that was great. Well, this thing has had close to 6,000 people watch this. It is just, it's wild. It just tells me how important this subject is, how important it is at this time that people are so, uh, trying to figure it out and work it out. And man, what does it mean? And I'm trying to figure out what does white privilege mean for me? What is, what does, uh, racism mean for me? You know, in the book, uh, the, the author, who's a white woman, immediately starts out by calling me a racist. Said, hey, you're white, you're a racist. And, you know, your initial reaction for me is, no way, who do, we, who, do you, who do you think you are calling me a racist? I'm not a racist, come on, I, I don't have privilege. I don't, I don't, you know, people, people just need to recognize, they need to take responsibility for themselves, stop blaming other people for their problems, all this kind of stuff. I'm sure you as a church and, and many of you have heard the, all the rhetoric, you know, hey, I love all people, right? And, and uh, you know, hey, all lives matter. What's, what's wrong? All lives matter. And I, one of the things that this has helped me with through this season is this idea, even that statement, all lives matter. I didn't know it was such a charged word until somebody explained it to me like this, and it really, it really punched me in the gut. Uh, about seven years ago, my wife had, uh, had uh, diagnosed with cancer, and uh, she'd gone to the doctors, they did the biopsy, and now you have to wait. And if you've gone through this, I'm sorry, it's an awful experience. You're waiting, you're wondering what's gonna happen, and you don't know what the results are gonna be. And at the time, my wife was at the church, and she comes into my office, and, and I can look up something's wrong because she had a little, little water right here, just, just starting just a, a, a tiny bit. And, and she comes in, she says, I got the call from the, from the oncologist, and, uh, and it's cancer. And I get up out of my chair, you know, and I just hold on to her, and she's crying, and I'm crying. And, and you know, something that would have been just terrible to say in that moment would be to, you know, step back and say, well, Sandy, you know, there's a lot of people who have cancer. You know, a lot of people have gone through breast cancer. Now that would have been true. You know, technically that would have been true. A lot of people have, but she didn't need that at that moment. Right now she's going through her own pain. She's going through, you know, her own kick in the gut. And, and she needed me just to hold her, embrace her and recognize that she's hurting and, and the whole thing. You know, when people say black lives matter, I don't believe they're saying that no other lives matter, that we're the only life that matters. And, I don't have to stand up and defend, hey, all lives matter, because right now I just need to recognize the pain and the hurt that have gone on for years. And if you want to be honest, gone on for centuries. And to somehow marginalize that by saying, oh, all lives matter, is simply to continue the, the pain. And it was, it was just, a, it rocked my world and said, man, I repent of that. Uh, but I, I was ignorant doing it. There was nothing in me that was, that was trying to be insensitive or uncaring or, or marginalizing at all. I was just trying to make my point of, hey, you know, uh, all lives matter. But it didn't matter. It was wrong. And we do a lot of things out of ignorance. Just, we just don't know. Uh, maybe you've heard of Microsoft. It's a small software company here in Seattle. And they have this huge campus. And it's like a college campus. And during the, during the protesting, uh, some folks had come and they had graffitied over one of their main buildings and just, you know, just ugly spray paint kind of stuff. And uh, the, the messaging, as you can appreciate, just the, the current messaging of the day. And, and instead of coming out and painting over it, just cleaning it up, painting over it, they said, no, you know what? Let's memorialize this. Let's, let's make sure that this is, this is prominent. And so they had one of their guys uh, hire an artist to come out and see if they could turn this into an actual work of art instead of just kind of random graffiti. 
And so the artist said, yeah, I can do this. It'd be great. And, and so uh, the, the person who was commissioning him said, well, hey, we really want you to get on this while it's still relevant. Now that person did not mean that racism was irrelevant before. But out of his ignorance or his insense, you know, his, his just his lack of awareness, um, that came out of his mouth. And much of the time, we do things out of ignorance. We just don't know. Dr. Upton and I were able to be in a uh, doctoral cohort together, as you know, and it's how, how we met. And, and there were, was only one other black student in the class. And um, in, the, in the process of the class, I came, the first class, I came in late. And, and the, uh, there wasn't very many people that looked like me, people that were older than me, a few people that were younger than me, a lot of Korean students that were there, but it felt a little awkward. One, I come in late, so I didn't get the introduction and all that kind of stuff, and now I'm feeling really like an outsider, all that insecurity's in me, and I don't know what to do, but here's what happened. Your pastor, I think he saw my fears and just where I was and said, I'm gonna help that guy, and he, and he embraced me. He befriended me, and from that day on, man, we just became friends in that class, and we went through an entire session on multi-ethnic ministry, racial diversity in ministry. And um, I, you know, I was not appreciating it at the time. I'm going, ah, you know, we need to be homogeneous and, and really if we, you know, like after like kind of thing and trying to explain that to him. And he's, he's, he's helping me have some insight and he's really trying to you know, open my eyes to it. And I'm like, man, I began to recognize there, there are things in my life that's, that I just can't see. I think about a little illustration here. If, if Jeremy and I, Dr. Upton and I, were walking along the beach and you know, I've got to go in for a job interview and so I want him to coach me because he's a good coach. He knows a lot of stuff. And so, hey, you know, Pastor Upton, just really need your help on this job interview and you know, ask me the questions and I'll answer them. And so we're, we're going along, we're answering them. As we're walking along, the seagull poops on my head, right? And just right there. But I'm so into the interview, I don't feel it. I'm just talking and he keeps looking up and like, man, do I, do I tell him? What, what do I say? Oh, surely he'll notice, you know? And we get to the end and I'm getting ready to get in my car so I can go off to the interview and I'm all excited, all right, I'm prepped now, I'm pumped up, ready to go, I'm gonna nail this thing. And just before I start to get in, he goes, oh, Charlie, Charlie, I, I just gotta tell you, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I just gotta tell you, it's kind of embarrassing, but dude, you got poop on your head. I go, what? Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you didn't feel the, the bird, you know? I go, no, oh, and I you know, able to run into the bathroom and get cleaned up. Man, thank you, Jeremy, you saved my life. Man, how awful that'd have been if I'd have gotten into that interview and I'd had poop in my head. And, and I, just, I didn't even know it, right? I can't tell you how many times I've had poop in my head and I didn't know it. And I've stepped in it and I've, and, and I, and I've embarrassed myself. I've embarrassed the people around me, all out of ignorance. Every once in a while, somebody will come along like your pastor, full of wisdom, gracious in his insight and is able to lovingly point people in the right direction. And I needed that in my life then and I need it in my life today. Um, right now your pastor is speaking at our, at our church and he's preaching out of Philippians chapter two. Let me, let me read you a portion of it. In verse five it starts off, in your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Isn't that cool? In our relationship with each other, we're to, we're to be like Christ, have the same mind that's in Christ. His mind, made my mind in Him, right? And then it says, now let me, let me explain to you who, who Christ is, what this mindset is all about. Who was the, in the very nature God. He was God, but He didn't use that nature, right? He didn't consider that equality with God something to be used to His own advantage. 
I'm God, but I'm not going to use it to my advantage, he's saying. He made himself nothing, taking on the very nature of a servant, taking the nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself. Think about it. Becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. What do you do with a God like that? What do you do? Do you remember the last words that Jesus said, some of the last words Jesus said on the cross? He said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. He was talking to me. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know my own unconscious bias. I didn't know my ignorance was actually adding to the hurt and the pain of my black brothers and sisters and minorities in my life and my sphere of influence. And, and, and that as a pastor, God had called me to bring hope and healing. Instead, I was bringing hurt, greater frustration, adding to the pain. I didn't know what I was doing. And yet there on that cross, Jesus prayed for me, Father, forgive him. Forgive Charlie, he doesn't have a clue. He didn't know what he's doing. What do you do with a God like that? What do you do with a God that would forgive you even in your ignorance? Don't you like it when, you know, somebody's hurt you and they, they don't know about it? You want them to know what they've done wrong? You want to you let them know, hey, you hurt me. Let me tell you how you hurt me. Jesus prayed for my forgiveness, gave me forgiveness, died for my forgiveness before I even told me what I did wrong. Thank you, God. What do you do with a God who will give you his life before you even know you need his life? Well, it's obvious. The only thing that you have that's worth giving back to him for what he gave to you is your own life, my life. I've had this conversation with God before. Maybe you've had it. I don't know. But I, I, many times I've come to the place where I said, okay, God, I'm in. I give you my life. I, I know I gave it to you before. I'm going to give it to you again. And, and, and the conversation goes something like this. Well, Charlie, I want to make sure you're giving me your life, right? Yes, yes, God, I'm giving you my life. You're giving me all your life. Yeah, I'm giving you all my life. You've counted the cost. Yes, I've counted the cost, Jesus. I'm all in. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do. Whatever you want me to say, I'll say. Whatever you want me to be, I'll be. I am yours, Lord Jesus. Okay, great. We got that covered, man. That, Charlie, thank you. I receive your life, man. Welcome. Enter joy, the joy of the kingdom. Now, now, Charlie, here's what I want you to do. With the life that you just gave me, your life, right? Yeah, 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 I'm yours. Okay, what do you want to do, God? What do you want to do? Okay, I want you to repent. What? I want you to repent of your racism. <sighs> I'm not a racist. How dare you, God, call me a racist? I love everybody. You know, hey. Well, okay, okay, time out, Charlie. I, I, thought, I thought we just had this deal where you gave me your life. And you're gonna do what I want you to do and be who I want you to be and say what I want you to say. But I guess, I guess, you know, I, I, I guess you were just kidding, right? <laughs> no, God, I wasn't kidding. I wasn't kidding at all. But this is gonna be hard. It's gonna be uncomfortable. It's gonna take some work. Oh, Charlie, kinda of like the work that I did when I was obedient and became a servant and died on the cross. Yeah. yeah a bit like that. Charlie, Jesus told me, he said, I wanna take your life and I wanna change the world. And the only way we're going to change the world is if we use the cross. Protesting is not going to do it. 
Politics is not going to do it. Money's not going to do it. Popularity's not going to do it. Charlie, the only way we're going to change the world is if you die to yourself and become obedient, become a servant. commit to you, Refuge Church, because I've already committed to your pastor that I want to be an agent of change. I want to learn and grow more and understand more about racism and how it's affected the lives of so many people. I want to make sure that I lean in and I do the uncomfortable thing and I don't put it on somebody else, but I take the responsibility for myself to learn, to grow, and to, and to do what Jeremy did for me many years ago in that seminary classroom. be one who embraces and receives, breaks through my own comfort, my own security, my own fears. Because Jesus, my life is yours. Let me ask you, Refuge, what about you? Have you given your life to Jesus? Who really owns your life? What, what is God asking you to do? Are you willing to say those words that Christ said on the cross? Father, forgive my white brothers and sisters for they don't know what they're doing. Let me pray with us. Father, I thank you that you're a God who hears our heart and sees the depth of our pain, our fears, our insecurities. God, you see the poop on our head when we didn't even know it was there, and yet you love us. I pray that there would be a, a breakthrough as Pastor Upton and I, God, knit our hearts together in the beauty of the body of Christ, that the same mind that is in Christ Jesus would be in us, that our churches, though they are separated by so many miles, God would have a connection that is so deep and spiritual and wonderful because of who you are. God, I repent of God, my own failures. God, that systemic junk inside of me that you change my system. Thank you, Lord. God, I pray that in that breakthrough, we would see the revival that we long for that our world would truly be changed, both in Snoqualmie, Homestead, and beyond. In Jesus' name, amen. I like what your pastor always says at the end of his message. In fact, I've started using it. Hey, I love you, Refuge Church, and there's nothing you can do about it. Thank you for letting me share with you. God bless you guys. I look forward to being you, with you in person, hopefully sometime too, and you'll let your pastor come up and be with us. God bless you guys. All right, Refuge, stick with me. I got a few announcements for you. Father's Day is next Sunday. We're gonna be celebrating all the dads around us. So if you could, go ahead and grab a quick video, 60 seconds or less, of the dads in your life doing dad stuff, whether that's playing catch or shooting the kids down with the water hose or tricking them into eating a whole bunch of wasabi or something. Is that is that normal? Am I telling on myself? Can we take that out just in case? But get that video and send it to us at info at refugechurchmiami.org by this Thursday. 
this Thursday. We want to get that video so that we can have it in town for next Sunday and celebrate our dads. Matter of fact, the following Sunday, we're going to be celebrating our graduates. Whether you're graduated from high school or with an associate's or a bachelor's or a master's or a doctorate degree, we want to celebrate you. So if you could send us an email to that same address, info at refugechurchmiami.org, with your picture and your cap and gown if you got one, uh, we want to know what school you graduated from, what degree you got, what your future plans are so that we can celebrate you and also include your phone number and email address because we might be able to bless you with a little something something for being so faithful get all of that info to us if you can by june 22nd june 22nd because we're going to be celebrating you on the 28th refuge with all of us going around i want you to know that we cannot depend on the political system to save us from any of our ills that will be found in the cross alone however i do believe that we can use the electoral process as a tool so i want to encourage each and every person over the age of 18 who is eligible to do so go ahead and register to vote and you can do that at miamiday.gov elections you can also request a mail-in ballot there Requesting a mail-in ballot doesn't mean that you have to mail it in. In fact, you can take that ballot to a polling place and fill it out there if you choose to do so. But we do want to be prepared for every contingency. So go ahead to miamiday.gov slash elections and get registered to vote. Go ahead and get prepared because we are gearing up to have our first ever drive-in worship service. What that's gonna look like is us driving up to the flagship parking lot where we last met for public worship. And we'll have a stage set up and everything. We'll give you guys a radio station to tune into so that you can hear all of the audio clearly. And we will worship together and have communion together on Sunday, July the 5th. The first Sunday in July, we're hoping to make this happen. So stay tuned so you can get all of the details. Finally, if you've been watching this, and you decide that you wanna have a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ, or you decide that you wanna partner up with us here at the Refuge Church, we wanna know. So if you'd like to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, we want you to text the word salvation. If you'd like to partner here with us at the Refuge Church, go ahead and text the word partner to the number right here on your screen so that we can have somebody reach out to you and find out how you can join this community of faith. In Jesus' name, y'all be blessed. Hey, listen, I thank you so much for spending this time with us on today. I pray that the Holy Spirit spoke through Dr. Salmon. I pray that the Spirit moved through the worship experience, that something was said, something was done, that God spoke directly to your heart and reminded you that you're on the winning team. Listen, it's offering time in the house. It's time to bless God with our gifts of tithe, offering or love offering. We have four different ways that you can give. And so as, as wherever you are, I'm asking that you prepare your heart and your mind through this time of worship. Now, offering is still worship time. It's still rendering to God that which belongs to Him. Uh, Jesus was asked one time, well, how do we know what, what belongs to God? And He asked for a coin of that day, and the coin had the image of the emperor stamped on it. And He said, give to Caesar what is Caesar, but give what has the image of God stamped on it, give it back to God. How many of you know that that means that God doesn't need your money, He wants your heart? But as a part of that function, when he has my heart, he has my stuff. And so if you desire to give, there's all these different ways that you can give. We ask that you would worship God in your giving in these next few moments. So take a moment, get your phone, get your device out, whatever it is, whatever way that you desire to give, let's worship God in giving.
have done everything that God requires of us to do as a part of our worship experience. And so I pray that you'll prepare your heart and your mind for a great week in what God wants to do in and through your life. Can I pray for us? Father, we bless you. We thank you for all that you are, all that you remind us of, all that you continue to do in our lives. Lord, you're great and you're greatly to be praised. And now, God, I pray your blessings on these, your people, that you might allow your grace to be upon them, that your peace would pass all understanding in their hearts and in their minds, and that you would infuse them with joy because we're on the winning side. Now, God, we pray that you would watch over us and keep us as we depart from this worship experience and we enter into the mission fields of what you called us to. Let us have a great week because of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, I love you. There's nothing that you can do about it. I can't wait to see you next week.